What can you expect from an experienced financial advisor? Are all advisors alike? And will the right advisor really make a positive difference? Your Financial Journey is a podcast brought to you by Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank and Trust. In this series, members of the PWA team discuss the importance of planning, relevant developments, and investment strategies geared to help you achieve your wealth management goals and to provide you with experience, guidance, and support every step of the way. Welcome. I'm Doug DeGroat from Providence Wealth Advisors. On this podcast, we're going to discuss market indexes and what they actually mean. To be more specific, we are asked all the time, how is my account doing with many investors comparing their accounts returns to a friend's account return or perhaps some return they heard on TV? Returns are always a topic of interest, both with us and our clients, as well as water cooler talk or cocktail party conversation. I actually think this topic might be a little easier to explain than some of our other prior topics, and as a result, perhaps a little shorter podcast. So in comparing returns, as I noted, it's just not that easy to compare X with Y. When you are looking at returns and comparing them to your investment account, you must compare your investment account to an index that is similar to your investment account structure not your friend's account structure or what you heard on TV. As an example, if your account is comprised entirely of U.S. Treasury securities, you cannot compare its return to the NASDAQ index, which is an index made up of predominantly technology companies, which would be considered aggressive growth. Returns will be extremely different between those two comparisons, the NASDAQ and Treasuries as well as the amount of risk in each of those indexes or portfolios. So with that noted, let's talk about some of the various indexes that you might hear quoted on TV or the internet and what those indexes actually mean. So let's start on the stock or equity side. The first one you might hear about all the time is the Dow Jones Industrial Average, or Dow as it's sometimes called. That index is comprised of 30 prominent U.S. companies. So call it 30 really well-known companies in the country. The next index we'll go to is the S&P 500. Again, many of you may have heard that one quoted. That index is comprised, as you might expect, of the largest 500 companies in the U.S. markets. So a little broader range, if you will, a broader swath of companies of what's going on in the markets. The next one, as I referenced before, the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ composite, it's it's predominantly known as the technology index. And as you might expect, it's predominantly made up of technology stocks. How about the Russell 3000? It is made up of the 3000 largest public companies in the US markets. So again, now you're going to a much broader swath of of exposure to the US economy and companies and markets. And the final one I thought you might find interesting is the MSCI Emerging Markets Index, which represents large and mid-cap companies from 24 emerging market countries. 
And just so you know, there is an index for just about any particular stock sector that you can imagine. So there's a healthcare index, there's an energy index, et cetera. So you can get as specific as you would like in trying to compare your portfolio or your securities to a specific benchmark. So before we take a look at just some example returns from, from each of these indexes, let's just contemplate at a very high level what it means. There are obviously some huge differences between a company in the Dow Jones Industrial Average Index, the Dow, and the MSCI Emerging Market Index. As an example, Microsoft, McDonald's, or Home Depot are all included in the Dow. And they are all very well-known companies. I'm sure all of you out there have heard of them. Versus a company located in, let's say, Vietnam, India, or China that you have no information on in regard to any of those companies. There are differences between growth in those companies, liquidity, transparency, and risk. So that, again, explains the difference in why these indexes are so important. You have the Dow, which is the 30, as we said, the 30 prominent, well-known U.S. companies versus this emerging market index, which is much broader worldwide, a lot of different countries. Um, so, um, again, with not as well-known companies. So there's potentially more return, but again, more risk as well. So, again, just to give you an idea, what, what does it mean? So I was going to give you some real life returns and try to run through each of these indexes over the last several years. But I thought, you know, we're on a podcast. That's going to be very difficult to follow. And, and you, it's so easy to get lost in numbers anyway. So I'm going to spare all our listeners that today. But I, I would do this. I would just mention that in 2021, so last year, we're, we're actually recording this in, in May of 2022, but in 2021, there was actually a 30% difference between the best return of those stock indexes and the worst return of those stock indexes for the year. So as an example, the S&P 500 of all those uh, indexes I just referenced had the best return, almost 29% for 2021. The MSCI Emerging Market Index actually was down for the year at 2.5%. So you do the, the math, and that's, a, that's actually a 30% differential uh, for those returns. Even for this year, in 2022, we, we've, um, we have returns through April 30th. It's early May. Um, it's been a difficult start to the year. But again, just to give a comparison, the NASDAQ, this technology-weighted index, which is heavily growth-tilted, growth is down over 20% year-to-date while the Dow is actually the best index for the year, being down about 7%. So they're both down, but that's still a 13% differential. The, the NASDAQ being down over 20, the Dow seven. So again, it gives you a little flavor um, and it also tells you what's going on within the markets and the economy as well. So let's move on to the fixed income side or the bond side um, and just talk about some of those indexes. I'll start off again, kind of moving from from ones you've heard about predominantly perhaps and then to 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 ones that are are not as well known but the first one is the two year treasury index it's pretty simple it's made up of uh, a comparison of what the two year treasury note is doing 
And the next one I would go to is the five-year treasury index. Same type of index, but just you go from two-year treasuries to five-year maturity treasuries. And then we go to one that, that maybe several of you have heard about, the Barclays U.S. Bond Aggregate Index. And that encompasses not just treasuries, but a broader range of bond securities and a broader range of maturities. And the other one I thought that might be interesting to, to just kind of talk about was the High Yield Bond Index. Um, and that, that encompasses, again, a variety of maturities, but bonds that in many circles are known as junk bonds, but they're bonds that have higher yields, a little higher credit risk, um, but they're designed to, to pay a higher income stream, uh, but certainly more risk as you, as you contemplate that. So going back to the stock indexes we just talked about, and without trying to get lost into to returns of each of those index, in 2021, so if you go back to the prior year end, there was actually a 6% differential between the high and the low index uh, for the year, um, which you wouldn't think would, would be so dramatic, if you will, within the bond market, um, but it actually was. Um, you had the five-year treasury index that was actually down almost 3% on the year, um, and the high-yield bond index was actually up 5%. So again, it just um, gives you a flavor of, of the, this differential through 2022 year to date. Ironically, there also is about a 6% differential uh, for the start of this year. Again, a difficult year as we start the markets, not only for the equity markets, but the, the fixed income markets as well. But ironically, the two-year treasury index is the best performer for the year with the high yield market or the high yield index, if you will, down almost 10% year to date, that yield bond index down 10%. So again, it just gives you the flavor of how these various indexes work and, and the, the differences that, that are there year by year. It, it's not always the same every year. Um, every index changes, not only within the year, but by, by daily, as a matter of fact. So um, with that said, when you compare your accounts return to index returns, you need to look to see how your account is structured. So as an example, if your account is allocated 60% to a large basket of stocks and 40% to short-term bonds, what we would do is try to take, we'd say, okay, let's take 60% of the return of the S&P 500 during that same period of your account and 40% of let's call it the two-year treasury index, and then add those two indexes return and compare it to your account and say, okay, that's an appropriate benchmark for your specific account. Again, if you had a 60-40 allocation, you cannot compare the balanced account that we just talked about to the NASDAQ composite index. It's, it's not a fair comparison or benchmark to, to use in that process. If your account is all technology stocks, then of course you'd compare it to the NASDAQ composite index, then they're apples to apples. If your account is very conservative and comprised of all US treasuries, then all you'd need to do is compare it to the appropriate treasury index based upon the maturities within your account. If, if your account seems to have a two-year uh, maturity average, then you'd use the two-year treasury index. 
So most accounts uh, that I've experienced have a mix of investments. So that is where we you, you try to allocate a portion of each respective index, add them together, and then compare them to the account's actual return. And that'll give you a much better comparison or perspective on how your account is, is actually doing. So as you consider returns in the future, hopefully this provides you some insight as to what an appropriate benchmark might be for comparison purposes. In closing, be sure to subscribe to Your Financial Journey on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please call any of the Providence Wealth Advisors staff with any questions you might have. Thanks for listening. Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, or PWA is a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank and Trust, or PB&T. The investment products and services offered by PWA are independent of the products and services offered by PB&T and are not FDIC insured, may lose value, are not bank guaranteed, and are not insured by any federal or state government agency. Investment products and services are offered by appropriately licensed investment advisor representatives, subject to the general oversight and authority of PWA. PWA is an SEC-registered investment advisor company. To obtain a copy of their ADV Part 2A and Form CRS, visit www.providencewealth.com. PWA is located throughout the Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. To contact PWA, call 888-927-7387, email askexperts at providencewealth.com, or write to 20220 South LaGrange Road, Frankfort, Illinois, 60423.